1: What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, where we go for numero dos on our takes tonight. (laughs) How are you doing,
2: buddy? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm excited for a great show, very professional show, joined by a great, great guest tonight. And thank everybody who is on the live stream tonight for joining us. Mm -hmm. We're just here for a good time. We got a lot of people on here right now, man. A lot
1: of people. So he just commented, now it's professional. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> for those of you who are on the uh, the audio only podcast, um, audio issues for the first like 30 seconds of the podcast tonight. <laughs> um, it, it actually got stuck. Like uh, somehow our, our audio system got screwed up and it's good now. Oh yeah, we're straight now. And so we fixed it and we're back. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be awesome because we have an incredible guest tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We
2: have
1: have the Dan Becker of Canada. That's who we have tonight.
2: Oh, yeah. Do we? eh?
1: He is. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing funnier than a Kentuckian trying to talk like they're Canadian. Yeah. What do you know about it? i can do this all night man oh how about instead of you doing that let's hear an actual canadian talk yes. and let's
0: let's bring in our good buddy justin hick from justin outdoors what's going on man hey guys it's going it's going well that was a that was a great accent jeremiah you nailed it oh, thanks bro i say vestibules in a uh, canadian accent oh i don't know if
2: i can even say it in an american accent
1: <laughs> well here's my question here's my question um you, you've had a channel for what, like a year and a half. it been almost two years.
0: It's almost two years. Yeah. Coming almost up this March.
1: And you kind of, you, you went, you grew a lot faster than a lot of other channels doing the backpacking space. You're what, like
0: 26,000 subs or something like that right now. I just broke 24. So 24. It's, it's, wow, it's, congrats. it's more than I thought I'd have at this time of year. This time. Well, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: It's more than double of either one of us, which I yes. mean, you're just killing it, dude. And your videos are great. One of the things. Um, if you had, okay. For those of you who are watching, if you're not already subbed to this guy, and if you're not, then you're missing out great content and probably the best facts. And, uh, what are, what's the word on the figures? Just the, all the information you're really good at like putting out stuff that other people don't necessarily mess with, like explaining what our value is and how it works more specifically than maybe anybody I've ever seen, uh, your statistics on things. What? Are you are you a teacher? What is it that you do that makes you so like geared towards the specifics on things?
0: Yeah, I think I'm just I'm just a nerd. Like I, I think I've been <laughs> <laughs> I've been starting to use the 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 term slightly nerdy for for my videos because I think that's that's kind of the approach I I take and um yeah I just I I do a ton of research. I get right into it. I get in the nitty gritty. I, I and uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. So I, that's what that's what that's what I do on the on the channel with the videos is just get into the details that I find enjoyable and then hope other people do too.
2: Now, whenever you are like thinking of video ideas and stuff, what is your typical creative process? Let's say that you're like, okay, I want to release a video on Wednesday this week. And today is Sunday. So you got a few days. What's your creative process? Like Um, what's going through your head as you're starting to think about what you want to film and how to do it?
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely not that sure of a process for me. I have I have a spreadsheet. I have a lot of spreadsheets, but I have one with video ideas that's 300 ideas long. So normally I just go there and I take a look at what's uh, what ideas I want to talk about. What kind of I'm interested in at the time. Sometimes there, something comes up, or I get a question from like from the comments, and um, someone will ask me like, How, "What what is our value?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's it's a great question." Or I recently got a whole bunch of comments on my video that says quilts are better than sleeping bags. Um, very controversial topic. <laughs> and people are just kind of blasting me with a whole bunch of different things. So I was like, well, I need to address some of these comments. So I made a video about some of the myths about quilts. And that's, yeah, it's usually, usually just addressing the the comments. The viewers are kind of my inspiration for a lot of video ideas. Yeah. Right. That video is good, man.
2: i
1: watched that. Let's say it's funny because you two are actually a lot alike. Um, just cause Jeremiah also has a master list of about 8,000 ideas <laughs> for his yeah. videos. And <clears throat> I'm curious, this is just a curiosity of mine. I want to see what the differences are between a Canadian backpacker. And an American Kentucky backpacker. I guess I can't say American because we're all American because you're North American. We're North American. So we'll say say a bluegrass backpacker and a Canadian backpacker. I want (laughs) to see what the differences are between the two. So we're going to try something new tonight, and we're going to call it Rapid Fire. So what I'm going to do is, Jeremiah, I need you to take off your headphones because you can't hear the answers that Justin's (laughs) about to give on this. So... Take your headphones off, uh, turn turn the volume
2: down. Yeah, I'll turn the monitor down. All right, my headphones are off. Now I can't hear anything.
1: Okay, so here's the deal, Justin. I'm going to ask you five questions, five questions. And what I want you to do is I just want you to answer them within two seconds of hearing the question. So the first thing comes to your head that is your answer for each of these. I'm going to type them in. And when Jeremiah gives his answer, I want to see what the differences are in these based on the differences between a Canadian backpacker and a Kentucky backpacker. So are we good to go?
0: So, Yeah, it's going to be tough. Right. Sounds good.
1: All right. First question. At what temperature do you consider it cold?
0: Minus 20 Celsius.
1: That's when you consider it cold. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Next question. That was quick too. Uh, at what temperature do you consider it hot?
0: Uh, 20 degrees Celsius.
1: Which is what in Fahrenheit?
0: I want to say 50... 60, 70, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> so the, the negative 20 is negative 20 Celsius then?
0: Ne- negative 20 Celsius is like negative, I want to say negative five Fahrenheit thereabouts.
1: Okay. I just got to make it for us Americans who aren't too bright on the whole Celsius thing, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, next <laughs> one. <laughs> we got favorite freeze-dried food on the trail.
0: Uh, peak refuel chicken pesto pasta.
1: Chicken Pesto. Nice. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people like that one.
0: Yeah, it's good. Okay, so
1: next one. Most important piece of gear in your backpack? Sleeping pad. Ooh. Okay. And the last question: Tent or hammock, and why?
0: Tent, because I can't pitch a helmet a hammock in the Alpine. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Well, I could. There are ways, but they're they're not they're not easy.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's get Jeremiah back on here, man. Let's let's see what let's see what he comes up with answers for this. Okay, Jeremiah, we're going to find out how much of a weenie Kentucky <laughs> backpackers are. So are you, are you right. ready to give these
2: answers? I'm ready. Okay. At what temperature do you consider it cold? I would say probably like 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. At what temperature do you consider it hot? Hot. Uh, like during the daytime? At all, period. What would you say is just hot? Uh, Hot is probably like 85 degrees Fahrenheit. 85 degrees. Okay.
1: What is your favorite freeze-dried food on the trail?
2: Freeze-dried. I've been trying these good-to-go meals, but I don't know if I have a f- necessarily favorite. Pick one. You got to go quick. got to go quick. Uh, I'm going to say the homemade freeze-dried meal that uh, one of my buddies gave me on the long trail. It was chicken tacos. <laughs>
1: In tacos. Okay, yeah. that works.
2: Okay, most
1: important piece of gear in your backpack.
2: Oh, in my backpack, I would probably say my map.
1: Map. Nice tent or hammock, and why?
2: Wow, uh, hammock as long as there are trees because it's more comfortable. Very cool. For me, okay, for me. Okay, so let's let's compare these
1: answers and let's see the difference between Canada and and the U S so at what temperature do you consider it cold? Jeremiah, you said 40 degrees. Yeah. Uh, Justin said negative five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta show you this Jeremiah. It's, it's um, below
0: 30 degrees Celsius at night throughout the entire year here.
1: Oh my uh, gosh. I, I don't know what that amazing. means.
0: Sorry. I mean, 30 degrees Fahrenheit below freezing. Every oh night. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so apparently terrible. two seconds in Kentucky is a long time. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, at what temperature do you consider it hot? Jeremiah, you said 85. Mm-hmm. Justin said 50. Wow. No so, bro. <laughs> big differences there. Um, favorite freeze dried food on the trail. Justin likes the peak chicken pesto pasta from peak refuel. And Jeremiah likes chicken tacos. So chicken is a favorite here. So we got that mm-hmm. going on. Uh, most important piece of gear, Justin said the sleeping pad, which is a great answer because oh, sleep yeah. is very important. And Jeremiah said a map. And if you've ever hiked with Jeremiah, that makes sense because <laughs> Jeremiah can get turned around on a trail pretty easy. Um, <laughs> and then tenor hammock and wide. Justin said a tent because most of the places he goes, you can't hang a hammock. and Which makes me think that if he could... He would,
2: yeah. Why don't why? Where are you going? That um, is a barrier between you and hammocks.
0: So some of the higher alpine spots, the trees are Uh, really spindly and tiny, hard to hard to pitch a hammock there or hang a hammock. I see you don't pitch a hammock. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I, want to try hammock camping. Maddie outdoors really wants to get me in a hammock this summer.
1: Oh, Maddie's great, man. Maddie's the guy I need to go backpacking with. Mm. Maddie made his own hot stove. Yeah, he yeah. did. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome.
2: If you're gonna backpack in Canada, you got to have something like that. Like below freezing, you mean? Like you're okay. What What part of Canada do you live in? By the way,
0: I live in the right right by the Canadian Rockies in Alberta. So it's right right. It's a lot of like farmland, like where I live, and then you go an hour west and you're in the mountains in the Canadian Rockies.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And you never plan on moving, even though it's below freezing every night.
0: Pro- probably not. It's I don't know. I, I think about it, I'm like if I could live anywhere in the world, where would I live? And honestly, uh, it always comes back to right here.
2: That's, <sighs> that's awesome. That's how I feel about Kentucky, man. Yep. So, so we
1: gotta we gotta look at some comments here. Um, one of them, the Kentucky fast answer equals 20 seconds. (laughs) That's that Kentucky (laughs) education, baby. And then, and then the next one, Jeremiah's counting two seconds in Kelvin.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's fantastic. Come on, Jeremiah. You aren't Southern if you ain't eating squirrel. Hey, I hey, have you had squirrel,
0: Justin? No, I've heard it's delicious though.
2: Yes, I've talked about it before. I know it would probably offends some people, but squirrel hunting, very fun. And you can uh, you can make all kinds of different dishes from the squirrel. Not a whole lot of meat, though, so mm-hmm. make sure you're killing plenty of them. And then you reuse the grease for gravy the next morning.
0: Interesting. You'll have to make me a freeze-dried meal, squirrel meal.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Does that, that- much grease
1: freeze-dry well? I don't know. That sounds disgusting. That just sounds awful. That sounds awful. That sounds like it's going to come back and look like slime. But yeah. uh, we did find out, though, that for the record, 20 degrees Celsius is 68 degrees, not 50. So that's not as bad. That's almost 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So, Justin, you're not as you you you're you're closer on the heat than than what we thought. So that's good. That's almost mm-hmm. 20 degrees difference. So let me ask you something, man. What got you into doing YouTube?
0: uh you guys and all the other youtubers it's kind of like I I, I guess that, that's what kind of triggered the idea in my head and then the reason why I eventually pulled it pulled the trigger and and started a channel and making videos was I'm, I'm always like the gearhead with my friends I'm always one who's researching things giving tips advice a lot of the time I, I have um a little bit more experience than people I'm going with and kind of lead the trips and everyone's always like tell me what to buy. What should I buy? Like plan the trip for us. And and that's what I was doing. And then uh, my friends started getting sick of how much I talked about gear all the time with them. So I figured I'd chat with, with the viewers and the people out in YouTube world and kind of get it off my chest a little bit more. And it's, it's been a good outlet, great that's outlet awesome. for talking about gear. And it's, I, I, I think I, I also love being comfortable in the backcountry. And I think like the more people that can be comfortable um, the better they'll have, better ex- experiences they'll have, and the more they'll be able to get out there on trips. Especially as I'm getting older, not getting any younger over here.
1: Well, the the important question for me though is, um, why purple shorty shorts?
0: <laughs> everyone always everyone always <laughs> chirps my color choices. And one guy nailed it. He was making fun of me, but he got it right. And it's because it's all, it's the colors that are always on sale and I'm a cheapskate. There you
2: go. There you go. <laughs> I could I could go with that. I could definitely go with that. So, yeah. do you my channel is basically it, it's centered around helping you raise your quality of life on trail and it's really geared toward getting you into um, to backpacking like getting over those first initial hurdles what gear to buy and like learning from other people's mistakes do you do you ever actually take people out into the back country that are brand new with you and if you do do you ever get tired of taking those people because i've been there
0: not not very often i think the, it's been a couple of years since i took out kind of like really fresh backpackers and sometimes in unique scenarios, like I took my girlfriend a a month ago or so for on her first winter camping trip. Mm. So sometimes things like that are like people at their first like long trip of like four or five days, but usually they have some sort of backpacking experience when I go with them. Yeah. I'd be, I can see it being, being tough, taking newbies out all the
2: time. I'm going this weekend and uh, whenever my buddy gets off work, he's just going to meet me at my house and we're going to head out Friday through Sunday and it's very refreshing like it, i haven't taken somebody new in a little while and you know you i used to do it a lot and you kind of loan your gear and stuff and you teach them a lot of things but it takes a lot of time because like you have to set up their shelter and your shelter and it's just like double double the work that you normally would do so you're losing a lot of daylight but uh i went taking this weekend and the refreshing part was he was asking me all these questions he's like texting me you know what he's I remember he came over to the house, right? And uh, we we're about to have life group. And I was I was setting up a hammock in the front yard for a trip or something like that. And um, he was just kind of hanging out, standing around before we got started. And I was testing out some different stuff to see how it worked. And he was like, oh, I can't sleep all night in a hammock. And I was like, well, how are you laying in it? And he showed me. And I was like, bro, you're like a banana. And if you lay like that, it hurts your back. I was like, lay like this, you know, you're kind of at an angle and you can get a flatter lay. So we're going to go this weekend. He's asking me all these questions, but I think the low is, this may not be very cold for you, but for him, 28 degrees Fahrenheit is probably pretty cold. And he he texted me earlier and he's like, so uh, I'm wanting to try laying in the hammock since you showed me how to do it. And I was like, well, I didn't really didn't show you much, but that sounds like fun. Do you have an under quilt? He's like, no no under (laughs) quilt (laughs) so i don't i guess i loan him um the bridge hammock john and i oh yeah the war bonnet yeah we've been working with war bonnet and they sent us a a bridge hammock and you can just throw a pad in there so Mm. you know there's all there's more than one way to skin a cat you know (laughs) or squirrel yeah or squirrel there you go you know you can skin a squirrel you uh you cut around its midsection, two people, they just peel the, you know, it's like taking off a shirt.
1: And just like that, everybody is throwing up in the live chat. <laughs> it's very similar <laughs> to a gross, actually. <laughs> so I, I, do, I do need to t- say something. Everybody's been asking what I'm drinking. This is called Ale 8. It's a Kentucky soda. Uh, It's diet. I'm on the keto diet. Can't drink alcohol, guys, uh, or I won't lose weight. And I'm I've been very fat for a long time. Actually, I was showing Jeremiah the shirt is like stupid baggy on me now. So like I've lost almost 50 pounds, um, but I got like another like 80 or something to go. So I got to look as good as Justin. You know, I mean Justin's kind of like the supermodel of the YouTube backpacking guys. Like all the ladies the like shorts. are like wooing. <laughs> yeah, it's the purple shorts and the the multicolored <laughs> shirts and I mean. Everybody, all the ladies are just wooing over over J. Uh, Justin, watching him online. So
2: somebody said earlier. In. Somebody said earlier that Justin was like the. Uh, Do you see that in the comments? What did they it, say? It looks like the uh the hate baby of Dan Becker and Kyle talking. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is hilarious. Oh, speaking of that, I got to bring back up the uh, <laughs> the the news. A little ticker. Yeah, this is, the, uh, this is probably the easiest one we've ever written before. But uh,
2: Kyle, Kyle O'Grady of Calahad Hiking now uses a, a camp chair. Uh- <laughs> hey, let, let me ask you this, Justin. This is something I really like to ask guests because um, it gives us some context into your world. Mm-hmm. So take us through um, your first backpacking experience and really what got you hooked into the whole outdoor backpacking realm.
0: Yeah, it's it, it, I have kind of a bit of a unique journey because I I grew up on the East Coast in mm-hmm. Ontario, and a lot of the trips that happen out there, it's it's more canoe based um, travel. So uh, that that's what I start for backcountry camping and and travel. That's what I kind of started with were canoe trips, and I, and I I can't even remember my first one. Like I, I my family's been into camping and canoeing and and hiking forever, so um, I probably would have been on like before I was a teenager getting out on, on overnight trips. Uh, and then it wasn't actually till I came out West here that I really started getting into backpacking. Um, and I'd already had that experience from canoe camping and, and all that. So it wasn't like a really tough transition other than putting everything in a backpack versus a, a canoe. Um, yeah I, th- I think th- I think the the big difficulty was this, just cutting my weight down because in a canoe you can car- you can have 60 pounds of gear no problem. Mm-hmm. And then you come out here you try and stuff 60 pounds into a backpack and carry that up a mountain and it's it's a different story.
2: Do you ever did you ever do the the whole thing where you had to carry the canoe like you uh, what's it called portage something like yeah,
0: that? Po- portage portaging yeah. It that's yeah. a French kind of way to say it I guess.
2: Yeah, you did that?
0: Yeah, I, I went my my biggest trip was a 30 day trip in northern Ontario and I think the longest portage was a was a five five kilometer portage through the through the bush. So what you
2: just canoe across rivers and lakes and then you get to land and you already have the uh like a, a detail of where you're going and and like the map and where you're supposed to to stop and carry the canoe.
0: Exactly. Yep. For the, mo- for the most part, where I was going, some people, like some guys like Jim Baird, um, he has a YouTube channel. He just goes, he picks That's a river a and channel. he says, I'm going to go down that river. And he camps wherever he can and has to cut his own trail through forests for his portages. And it's, yeah, it can get pretty hardcore.
1: Well, he's hardcore, but his girlfriend or wife, I'm not sure which it is, but who goes with him, she's just as hardcore as he is. Like yeah. there's some of those episodes where I watch them and I'm like, man, she's tougher than he is, and he's a, t-. like <laughs> him and his brother were on a, on a, alone together, weren't they?
0: They were, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, she's she's a tough lady. I watch her and I think, man, I am I am a bare bad man. Like I'm just not <laughs> good at being a man. She's better at it than I am. Yeah, um, so, so, uh, I'm just curious. Like you grew up in the East Coast. When you moved to the West Coast, what was your reaction when you first saw those Rockies?
0: Uh, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I actually came out here for ski trips before I moved out here, and then when I was doing grad school, I came out here for a winter and was a ski bum for the winter, and then that kind of got me introduced, and that kind of locked it in as far as moving out here. When I once I started working and got a job and all that, but so it's, you did the- yeah.
2: You Do the backcountry skiing too? Yep.
0: Man, yeah. Man, I tried skiing,
2: fun. couldn't couldn't really get off the bunny slopes. It was my first time. I remember it was it was embarrassing. What you just gotta
0: make the pizza.
2: Bro, I so here here's my initial thoughts. They were having this um like college special. So I had this group of friends that we all met in college and hanged out all the time, and Then we went up to, I think it's like Paoli Peaks or uh, Pacific North or something like that. That's up in Indiana. And there's some special, it was like 20, 30 bucks and it paid for everything. You just hang out with your friends, you know, if you have a college ID. So I went up there and I went up and I was like, you know, I, I did a little skateboarding whenever I was a kid, did a little inline skates, that kind of thing. This can't be too hard. So I was like, give me one of those snowboards. Those look super cool. And then I got it out there and I strapped in, literally could not stand up. I tried probably for 15 minutes, tried standing up. Somebody had helped me. But then whenever I fell down, I couldn't stand back up, still don't have the hang of it. And I switched to the skis, stuck to the bunny slope. And then, uh, one of my friends was like, Hey man, let's go down this, let's go down this one little section. And it wasn't too far. You just go down, didn't look too sketch, but it was like. I don't know. They have these rating systems like double black diamond or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, man. He's like, Oh, you're a big sissy. And so he challenged (laughs) my manhood. (laughs) I was like, what? No, bro. I'll, I'll go down. Let's go. And then we all got down there and everybody was like, Oh, who's going first. I I don't really know about this. And I was like, I'll go first. So I went down. I don't know. It's probably 40 miles an hour. And I was like, man, if I fall right now, I'm definitely like breaking a leg or breaking an arm or something. I just yeah. got to hold it out. Cruised right out, man. Got down to the the like the lift. What do they call the lifts that take you back up to the top? Just the ski chairlift. Lift. Yeah, the chairlift took me back up top. Sh- your your legs are dangling like thirty feet off the ground. Yep. Fall out of that, you'll die. So, needless <laughs> to say, after that, I retired the skis. I haven't been since. But uh, I saw Josh Everso. <laughs> we got this group text. He's texting about. How skiing is, especially backcountry skiing, is quite a bit harder than it looks, man.
0: Yeah, you get into the powder, and it, it's, it's, it can be tough, yeah. It's it's fun. It sounds like you're a pro. You can come out here, hit the Rockies <laughs> with me, and go for, go for a ski.
1: Only if there's a video camera. That's, that's only if there's a video camera. Have I love GoPros if everywhere. He, if he does that, I want to see every every single bit of that uh justin somebody want to let you know they live in montana and your reviews are the best for them you backpack in the same conditions they do thank you for all your reviews you definitely got me thinking about mountain gear so so there you go man okay so 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 how long have you been backpacking now like how many years would you say you've been actually backpacking
0: it's like seven or eight years now
2: seven or eight years jeremiah how long have you been backpacking my first trip was June of 2018, I believe, and I was 2015. Now, so. I, I did. I grew up like you, man, like the canoeing, the camping, and all that. So I' was super familiar. We we go ginseng in, or you just like go out in the woods and hunt. Now for you're not stop, over.
1: stop, stop, stop for a second. You just said a phrase nobody understands. I oh, live what? in Kentucky and I barely understand only because you had to explain to me. <laughs> Let everyone know what ginsenging is. What do you yeah. think
2: it is, Justin?
0: Um, you get some tea and yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, he's on he's on the right. Nobody route. knows what this is, Jeremiah.
2: <laughs> you have to explain this. Ginseng hunting. It's it's like um it's like mushroom hunting. You, you're looking for a specific plant that you know what it looks like. I'm terrible at it. When I say that we would go, I meant that I would go with my dad or go with my uncle. So you basically got somebody leading you around and there's a plant called ginseng and you your job is to look for the pattern that those leaves make. And if it's in, like, depending on what part of the season, it's going to have berries and it's got a certain look to it. So once you find it, it can be, it can be multiple prongs, like one prong, two prong, three prong, so on. And basically these birds come and eat the berries and then they're flying around, they poop and then it grows ginseng and it's seasonal. So it'll grow back out.
1: Well, and you then- never
2: told me this part before. So these are poop. These are poop plants, poop berries. <laughs> so don't.
1: No, wait. What time is it? It is nine o'clock. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Lacroix said, "When would poop first come up in this?" And he said, "What's the over/under on 905? And it's it's way back in the comments where I would bring it up. Jer- <laughs> Jeremiah, I would say it's the under because you you just talked about poop for the first time, uh, and so it did come up. And I'm sorry, Justin, but this is what happens.
0: It's my it's my, it's my probably my first favorite topic really yeah. really it always that- comes up i i poop and like what helps you poop what changes yeah. your poop there's a lot like i feel like backpacking poop's an important thing to yeah. pay attention to yeah. do you want to do you want to go out into the woods and look for poop plants now i i, I don't even okay. i still don't really know what it is
2: wait <laughs> hold on let, the poop plants, that's what they are no <laughs> you you collect the roots and then you sell the root. So, like, we got these things. I don't know if they have them in Canada. They're called flea markets. Do y'all have yep. flea markets up there? Okay. I thought that was a
0: Canadian term, honestly.
2: Oh, I don't know. I, <sighs> I I, think they have them everywhere, like, um, like in some third world countries or things like that. Maybe not yep. third world countries, but they're called bazaars.
0: Canada, third world country.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go and you find the ginseng. And you, you see the leaves and then you dig up the root and then you take the roots, take them home, let them dry out. And then you take them to like the flea market or, or in a herb store or whatever, whoever will buy them and you sell them. And during good times, you can make like $800 a pound. So wow. now you have to be careful though. So like when I'm backpacking, um, depending on where you're at, you have to get a permit for it. So even though you may spot it, and you want to dig it up like you'll just take your knife and dig up the root then completely illegal and if you get caught doing that it's like major fine. so but it is fun to do if you're in an area and you're like just what you know strutting along backpacking your little board you can start looking for those leaves and try to spot the ginseng get better at it it's really Mm -hmm. fun gin ginseng sorry for those people in the comments who are correcting my you're linguistic racist, is what you are.
0: I, I get hit. I feel your pain, Jeremiah. I get hit with that all the time. People are telling me I should take elocution lessons and learn how to pronounce things properly. It's brutal. <laughs> I've
1: hunted for sang.
2: Yes. See, it's sang. There's a TV show on the History Channel about it. They were hunting um, mushrooms, like morel hunting. I know Jason Wish does that. It's not that weird. Yeah, I know he's singing.
1: Yeah, Tom. <laughs> So anyways, so so I got a question for you. You know, there's there's a lot of really cool Canadian YouTubers right now that are a lot of fun. There's you, there's Jesse uh from Backcountry Forward, you got Maddie from Maddie Outdoors, and you guys are all up in a similar area, aren't you?
0: Yeah, we live like three hours. Maddie, Jesse, and I all live within three hours of each other. We live in the same same province within Canada. Have, yeah.
1: have you guys have do you guys have any plans of getting together and doing some backpacking or are we going to see you guys doing something together at some point or
0: I've done two trips with Maddie so far and none with Jesse. I haven't met Jesse in real life outside oh, okay. of just chatting with him. Um, but hopefully, hopefully I think if, 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 fingers crossed, we both end up being able to hike the great divide trail this summer and I'll be able to, to pass him on the trail. Oh, is that what you're planning on doing? You're going to do the great divide trail? Yeah, that's, that's the plan. I think, yeah, this is. I, I've kind of hinted at it on my channel a little bit, but haven't really kind of announced it. But I think we're getting to the point where, uh oh, it's it's being announced. <laughs> there <laughs> oh, it
2: man. is. What's the deal, bro? This we, is why our
1: podcast exists. We bring yeah. you the breaking news from the world of backpacking and YouTube. So, dude, that's awesome, man. So, so how long is it? Tell us a little bit about the trail. That's something really fun to talk about. Let's hear about the trail and the length and what you're planning on
0: doing. Yeah, so it's. It's, it continues from the continental, the end of the continental divide trail. So it starts there and then continues through the Canadian Rocky mountains, um, up to about midway up, um, before the Rockies end, uh, right along the, the continental, it just continues along the continental divide and it's 1100 kilometers, which I'm not sure in miles. That's probably like 800, 700, 800 miles somewhere in there. Wow. Um, and it's, it, it, you can do it most people do it in around 50 60 days but um i can't take that long off of work so i'm tr- i'm trying to do it in 40 35 to 40 days um hopefully wow. it's going to be some big days and and the tough thing with the great divide trail is it's it's quite a bit different than like the especially the pct where yeah you're on meter wide double track most of the way yeah. um it's there's there's places where there's no trail otherwise it's just single track of unmaintained trail it's 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 pretty pretty wild and a lot of navigation involved. So it, it can take a lot of time, a lot of up and down every day is, um, thousands of feet of elevation loss and gain. So yeah, I'm looking, it's going to be a fun trip. I'm looking forward to it. So have you started
1: training for it?
0: Yeah, I, 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 uh, I have it right over that way. I bought a treadmill, right. And I put it in front of my TV and put a little stand for my laptop. So I spend my mornings answering emails for work and walking on the treadmill and we'll watch some TV, walk on the treadmill and just Put in, put in miles every day.
2: <laughs> uh, here's a Here, million dollar question. Oh.
0: Are you gonna film it? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna film it. Yep. I'm not That's sure so how awesome. I'm gonna film it or anything like that because you only get three or four, three times where you actually get cell phone reception on the trail. Um, so it, it'd be tough to. I can't really do like a daily upload. So yeah, I'm still figuring that out, but definitely gonna, definitely gonna film it. It's, it's gonna be what like one of, one of the bigger things I do in my life. So I'm looking forward to, to be able to capture the memories. Well, be I, get, awesome,
2: man. I had to tell you, man, in my experience, I did the long trail, which took me about a month with resupplies and everything. And if you, if filming it, it makes it so much harder, but I'll be, I'm, I'll be really impressed if you're um, editing and that kind of stuff on trail. But, a lot of people hate me for this apparently and they keep asking but when i did the long trail i filmed most of it well i can't say most of it it was very easy to film at the beginning but your body really gets worn down and you're just worried about putting in miles Mm -hmm. so you film less and less in my experience but then i got back and i made a couple of videos which was like the first few days then really lost motivation to uh to finish editing all that footage, people still comment all the time whenever I say something about the my experience on the long trail, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, hmm, well, when's those videos coming? So if you can yep. upload on trail, that would be very impressive.
1: That's I, actually not what it is. He yellow blazed most of the trail. That, he not want people to know. <laughs> And so he, he, he yellow blazed it, you know, hitched, hitched most of the trail and didn't want people to see that video. So he <laughs> didn't get footage,
2: but, uh, we That's all know fake news. That's, we all know, news. we all know That's that. that happened. News. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Are you going to take your, um, Canon M50?
0: Uh, probably not. No, I, I, I've been, I've been really on my trips. I've been using my GoPro a lot and I yeah. just mount it to the top of my trekking pool um, and it makes it really easy just to like quickly get shots and just shove it in the ground, do the classic walk by, or just hold it up as a tripod in front of you. I think I have been, I've been practicing for the GDT on how to film quickly and efficiently. And I think that's, what's gonna, it's gonna help to actually to be able to do it.
2: I watch your trip video. I don't, I don't remember where you were, but it was a fairly recent one the last couple of months and the, so the trip videos, a lot of people make them, right? And for me, they just don't get a ton of engagement. Now, if your channel is like centered around that kind of thing, like we had Syntax 77 on here and he'll make an hour trip video and it's awesome. That's his thing. But for me, it's not. So the way you do the, uh, like the, the way you shoot what you were just talking about and giving advice and that kind of stuff in there that's top notch bro. That's, that's, I'm trying to do something similar to that. And I think it's, uh, it also helps move things along, you Mm -hmm. know, on, on the trip videos.
0: Yeah. That's what I thought. I've really been enjoying like teaching as part of the trip. Cause I think Uh before I was just kind of filming and I was saying like, this is a waterfall that's on the trail. This is, we're at the camp now, but now it's kind of like taking people along. like, this is my routine when I get to camp and, teaching people about that and yeah, it's, I'm having a lot more fun with it. And then I think my viewers are having more fun and it's resulting in views and a lot of engagement. People seem to be happy with it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's working and I'm happy, happy about That's it because really it makes cool. it more fun all around.
1: <laughs> That's really cool. So just walking wants to know, does the GDT go through towns every couple of days or is it more dispersed?
0: It's about every six to eight days that you're going through a town.
1: So you're carrying a lot of food. You're
0: carrying, you're carrying a, lot food. a
1: lot of weight.
0: Wow, and it's in so, a ursac because you have to be bear bear wary the whole time as well.
1: Yeah, so you're not doing a, a bear canister; you're doing an ursac.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. There's so, no, there's no requirement for a bear canister up here, and the Ursack is so much lighter and easier.
1: So let me ask you this: what what kind of uh, pack weight do you think you're going to have on that trail?
0: I'm I'm down to I just I actually just kind of finished up putting my pack. I just got like the last piece of gear for my for my gear list, and I'll be at around nine point nine pounds. Um, with bear spray and the ursac and everything like that. So it's, wow. I got it pretty late, got it pretty light. <laughs>
1: so even, even with food, you're looking under 30 pounds with that many days of food.
0: I'll be hitting just 30 with food and water. Yep.
1: Wow.
2: That's impressive, man. That is awesome. What's that's the, really uh, impressive. What's your What's your sleep set up for that whole trip?
0: Yeah, it's going to be, so I, I'm going to be using the regular wide X light. Uh-huh. And then I got like the, the crazy light uh, Enlighten equipment, seven denier, um, inner and outer, nine fifty um, power fill down quilt to go over top of that. And then I'll be bringing the trek college, uh, the hike pillow for that trip. Probably.
2: And what about your shelter?
0: I just, I just got the Ultiplex in the mail today. Wow.
2: That's awesome, dude. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I'm nice. super excited for you now on that yeah. food. So, are you planning on mailing yourself stuff or dehydrating or freeze drying your own stuff? Are you planning on doing a mixture in town or how's that work?
0: So the towns are, are super small and you, you can't really resupply in town. So everything has to be either sent or brought to you. So I'll be, I'll be doing mailboxes. And I'm not to figure out what the food is going to look like. My, my girlfriend's a dietitian, So she's going to probably help me put together a little bit of a food plan and uh, make sure I'm going to be healthy and out there. And then, um, yeah, mail, mailboxes, and then she'll probably bring me about the halfway point. She's going to come meet me. It's time, right at halfway, I hit a town on my birthday, and she's going to be able to come and visit me and be able to hang out and <laughs> go grab a hotel room, and uh, I'll be able to have a shower. And
2: <laughs> Let's make
0: a prediction. What yeah.
1: what What's the prediction we're wanting to make here?
0: I'm wanting to know what what
2: food do you think that is going to be packed in there that you're going to be sick and tired of by the time you get
0: done? tortillas.
2: <laughs> yeah. I get sick of
0: tortillas like already after midway through the summer. So I, I, by the end, I'm just going to be sick of them for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mentioned that your girlfriend's a dietitian. Now, what is it you do for a living? Because I feel like it's something in the science industry. I'm,
0: a, I'm an environmental consultant uh, on the biologist side of things. So I do environmental assessments. I'll go and map a wetland, do um, like habitat health assessments for birds and Amphibians and that kind of thing.
1: So you and your wife are both
0: statistics people. I don't. I, I, don't I don't like your statistics. Girlfriend.
1: You don't like statistics.
0: I, okay. I don't know. I avoid them. I, I just go out and I'm like, yeah, that's that's three. That's three plants. That's that's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what does she what does she think about this big tree? Because that was the hardest part for my my month being away was like not being able to see my family and wife.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough, tough being away from her for sure. And I think she was she was actually looking at coming on it with me, but wasn't able to get the time off work. Um, so hopefully we can make make a couple of the of the town visits work. And then maybe we'll see if she's able to join me for a section of the hike as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be tough. It's a uh, 40 days is a long time to be away from home. You yeah, took
2: her yeah. on the, you took her on her first trip not too long ago. And she's talking about,
0: um, her first winter, winter camping trip. Yeah, hot tent, okay. the hot yeah. tent, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. She's, she's been backpacking for, for a while. She's, she's been, it's been a few years now for her.
2: I started to say she's diving in head first, man. Like, first <laughs> trip last month. And then huh, why
0: not? Yeah. She's tough. She can do it easily. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Well, somebody is asking a question about one of your pieces of gear. Um, says that you use the lot XT pad mm-hmm. and
0: why it's for me, it's just the comfiest. I find like it, it has kind of little dimple baffles as opposed to um horizontal baffles, and like the tensor has little, little dimples, but it's still like a hybrid horizontal, horizontal baffle dimple system. Whereas the light XT is just pure dimples, and I find I get no pressure points with it at all. On, with the Tensor and then the x I'll sometimes get pressure points and my arm will fall asleep if I'm sleeping a certain way. So It's just by far the most comfortable pad for me.
2: So you're taking the X-Lite just because um, it's going to be lighter?
0: Yeah, it's like half the weight.
2: Yeah, I got the Nemo Tensor Alpine, which is supposed to be warmer than the Nemo Tensor. I think it's more comfortable than the X-Lite personally, but the x what I used whenever I was through hiking. And it gets the job done, but... I I got cold. You're not worried about getting cold?
0: Uh no, not, not really. The x late has been fine for me down to minus uh what, what would that be? Down to about like 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's about what but I Jeremiah. Did
1: you not hear our questions from earlier what he considers cold and what you consider cold? I know,
0: bro. It's he- literally
2: <laughs> 45 degrees of difference. I know <laughs> forty-five <laughs> degrees. I watched the video and he's setting this <laughs> tent up in the snow. He's talking about how to set it up in the snow and how to stake it down. And I was like, I got no idea. And he was like, yeah, if you're wondering how I do the tent stakes, I have these specific stakes made for the snow. And i will be like, man, if you were to just throw me in that environment, I'd probably just <laughs> die. I would have no idea. It be a slow, painful death, losing. Jeremiah's Carly. first question would be like, are we eating squirrel?
1: And if not, <laughs> kill me. <laughs> Are the There's squirrels no squirrel, hibernating? Kill me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you live in it, man. i I don't know though it's just so cold,
0: yeah, you get used like I, yeah, you get used to it for sure. i like I even notice between the seasons like i'll all it'll start being summer here, and I'm so used to wintertime that I'll start wearing shorts when it's like just above freezing, and then you go through the summer and it's like seventy eight degrees all summer, and then when the fall hits, and I'm like. So you you get used to it for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. We've been told Jeremiah needs an ex-therm to summer camp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to say
1: something, Jeremiah. I'm going to defend you a little bit. I'm going to defend you a little bit. Jeremiah lost a hundred pounds and I can tell you like having this extra weight on you is, is insulating. And so when you've lived most of your life with an extra hundred pounds on you and, and then all of a sudden that's gone, all that insulation's gone, you do get cold quicker. So, I mean, You're still kind of a weenie, but it still it gives you some of an excuse.
0: (laughs) Well, everyone's different. My my girlfriend gets cold really easily too, and yeah, bring her the ex-therm. And I know Jesse Jesse he gets really cold, so everyone's different. Yeah, it's that's that's one of the beauty things that about backpacking is like you can talk about gear forever because everyone needs different things and right.
2: Well, if I could go back and like whenever I was shopping and picking out that first sleeping pad that had an actual r value i picked out the x lot just because that's what i saw online and you know that's what the other people were using and it's okay but i probably would have went with the x therm for real because you Mm -hmm. can i don't think that it's gonna make you sweat any more than you're gonna sweat in general it's really hot and muggy down here in the summertime so like there's been times where i've taken a sleeping pad without an r value. I'm sure it has something, but it's just a cheapie off Amazon and just straight up a, uh, like a sheet, a flat sheet you'd use on your bed to cover up with. Mm-hmm. And I'm, since it stays so cold up there, you know, you don't re- have to really worry about sweating in your sleep, but no. down here I would go back and I would buy that X-Therm because even though it costs more, it's like more versatile. You know what I mean?
0: You should take a look at the uh, Etherlite XT is coming out with an extreme version this spring with an R-value over six. So that might, over that might be six? good for it. It's, wow. Yeah, it's going to be like wow. 6.2, I
2: think. That sounds really it's, heavy. It's, Don't it, take it, that in it's, the summer.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be about 800, 800 grams. So I think that's twenty high 20 ounces. I would take like that. Just
1: under two pounds. That's about the weight of, a, of an underquilt, like a cold weather underquilt. So, I mean, that's not... That's not
2: terribly heavy, really. I would carry a two pound um sleeping pad if if it were really comfortable and I yeah. wasn't because I'm a side sleeper and my mm-hmm. arm, like you said earlier, will like fall asleep, or even if it doesn't, you just wake up and you're not comfortable. Yeah. You know, you're kind of stiff. So Justin, yeah. um, we're being told that you should tell us about
1: eating jackalope. You eat mythical creatures <laughs> like <laughs> tons of protein. I, I didn't know this, like. I don't even You're know what, a man I of I wonder and mystery.
0: What's a jackalope? <laughs> well, okay. You've
1: never heard of a jackalope? No. It's it's a jackrabbit with antlers.
0: Oh, okay. Like an antelope and
1: a and a jackrabbit. About that. Oh, it's it's just a it's a, it's a made up freezer. thing. It's yeah. made up, it's not real. It's just it once I saw somebody say that, I was like, <laughs> I gotta throw that up there. There's just no way around it. Um so okay. So when you got into backpacking. Uh, you said you came out of portaging. Were you one of these guys that you got in and the first thing you thought was um, you want to get as ultra light as possible? Or were you just more like,
0: I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just going to buy whatever from wherever and just go. So I, I think I think I was pretty lucky in the fact that I had that backcountry travel base. So I kind of already had some of the gear and some information. So I was able to kind of look at things and be like, no, I, I could... I could work with the ultralight gear and be comfortable with it. So I felt more confident going with the ultralight gear. So that's that's the route I took. I went, I probably went pretty ultralight pretty quickly relative to some other people's journeys out there. And I think that just has to do with the comfort. And that's why like going ultralight right from the beginning for a lot of people doesn't always work because it does take a certain level of comfort in the backcountry and, and a little bit of skill um, to do it. Safely and properly so yeah, I, was, I was lucky in that regard that I was able to go like because having a light pack is Is so nice.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yeah Yeah, for sure on this trip that you're doing Um, that you're through hiking the gdt mm-hmm. What with the base weight that you're taking what kind of pack are you taking?
0: So i'm going to be taking the the Smith zerk 40 because it's it's one of the only It's one of the only packs that doesn't have a hip belt that can carry up to 30 pounds decently that i've come across
2: i think isn't that a it's not as either not as mainstream not as well known or not as popular i don't know i there's a guy that was on my last backpacking trip i went with another group and i hadn't met him but he had one and that's the first one i'd ever seen on trail of course you know sometimes you're not paying attention but somebody commented and they're like whoa uh you don't see that every day is that a pretty rare pack
0: I think I think it's pretty rare. I don't I don't see a lot of people. I've never seen one up in Canada here. The only place that I've ever seen them is is on YouTube. Um so it's yeah, I don't think it's a super popular pack. I know it's pretty new as well. At Mountain Smiths only had it out for a couple of years and they were running low in stock last year. So yeah, we'll see if I think be, not having a hip belt isn't for a lot of people, so I don't think oh. it'll ever become really mainstream people like a hip belt's a nice thing to have. I just like having the free hip. I like being like my legs just feel like have big strides and go.
1: And how heavy do you, I mean, in the winter time, how heavy is your pack? Is it going to be, is it any different than what you were talking about before? Are you still like at 10 pounds and you no, winter, my, winter my, my
0: winter packs usually like 40, 30, 30 to 40 pounds. Okay. I like, was going to say like, yeah. like for, for like a night or two. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. You're
1: not doing the Zerk on the, on, on that kind of weather.
0: <laughs> no, dude, that <laughs> pack that
2: you have that, um, has the water bottle holders that are like right here behind that's even better than the angled pockets
0: that my osprey have but i yeah, that's what i found
2: was that was that an osprey
0: no it was uh, that was the rei flash 55 because i I had i had a um a gregory one that had the angled pockets Uh but every time i bent over a little bit or went to scramble something my water bottle would would fall out unless Uh i had like a like a latch for it Uh with these ones i i can yeah they're just right there they're awesome yeah i it it blows my mind that these aren't on every single pack i actually reached out to uh hilltop packs and i was like do you guys think you can make a pack with this and he never really bid on the idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i have to let you guys know we've crushed dreams um jackalopes aren't real spoiler i suppose there's no easter bunny either (laughs) 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 sorry guys (laughs) We hate to crush your dreams and aspirations in life.
2: Sorry, Jeremy. Those, um, those water bottle holders that goes on your shoulder. Like John, I think you use one Mm -hmm. that for me. And you, you, like you said earlier, everybody's different. And that's why you could talk gear all day forever. Those Mm -hmm. things are very uncomfortable on me. Having like a one liter bottle, that extra two pounds, just hanging on my shoulder or the camera. Like if I have the camera mounted here. can I do both. I have the camera here and I have a water bottle here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I just can't stand it. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, Jeremiah. I I don't like having a lot of really heavy stuff on my shoulder.
1: I don't know any different. Like literally, I started using that kind of stuff right from pretty much from the beginning. Um, Like the water bottle, not necessarily, but I've always had like a pouch with a bunch of stuff in it on the front from the Uh beginning. So for me, I don't really know any different. So if I didn't have water there, it'd be weird for me. Um, but I can see if you've never used it where it would might be it might be uncomfortable or weird. But I literally I don't know not having gear right up
2: here where I can just get to it easy. That's just something I'm used to. It's super convenient, but yeah. I'm I'm really searching now for a place. If if I if I don't want to do a fanny pack and my and I don't like the clip, I know I'm being a diva here. And if I don't like the clip. <laughs> And if my hip belt pockets, like I have one backpack that my Canon M50 with that Pancake 22 uh, mil prime lens with that on it, it fits in the hip belt and the, the chicken tramper bag that, that I've been using. And it's my favorite right now. it, It has the hip belt, but no fanny pack. And if I don't want to use a fanny pack and I don't want the clip and I don't have hip belt pockets, what am I supposed to do with that Canon M50? S- I don't know. To GoPro. just
1: just hanging around right. your neck just use I, a camera strap and hang it around your neck it's no big deal
2: well i am i am actually <laughs> that sounds awful john <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs> people do people like the uh the chest packs like hunter he uses one that um devin ashby he makes them for fly fishing it's a little chest pack and some people like to carry them. They'll like put a gun in there, put their camera in there, or phone or whatever. I don't like, like the sternum strap is okay across my chest. I just feel like I'm being way too overcritical, but I don't. I don't like that stuff rubbing against my chest. To me, it's not very comfortable. But the GoPro, I'm wanting a GoPro, and I want it because I want to just do no tripod. Just pull out this little, the, just the newest GoPro, the newest one. Just keep it right here in my little cell phone thing on my um, shoulder strap. Just pull that out whenever I want to shoot something. Dude, there I am. I'm rolling. It you know,
1: easy. I, I used the GoPro when I did the Sheltoe Trace. Mm. And uh, that was like, what, 323 miles. And yeah. I used the GoPro for every mile except for a few. I used my camera or my phone for a few. But it was a it was a GoPro Hero 5 black. Yeah, No image stabilization, and it made this awful clicking noise every time you moved. And I remember thinking to myself, I am never using a GoPro again. This sucks. (laughs) This is like the worst camera ever. And now it's like they've got this like ultra smooth vibration control image stabilization, and I've heard the clicking isn't what it used to be, where it makes that clicking noise.
0: Yeah, like and not having a case is really nice too. Like, yeah,
1: well, I didn't have a case on mine, but okay. well, actually, you're right. The new ones you don't have to have any case because it's got the bottom clips, doesn't it?
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So you do. You like yours, huh?
0: I I love it. Yeah. It's I I I never bring out my M50 on on the trail anymore.
2: What model is yours?
0: The eight Hero eight.
2: Okay, so they got the Hero nine now. And I am so confused. You know how whenever you go to something and then for the next forever, the rest of your life, you get ads on every single thing you do about that one product. Okay. What's the deal? The GoPro is like four or $500. I don't remember how much it is. And then you can get it. If you sign up for their year long, blah, blah, blah. I so Richard Stamper says, I think the new GoPro actually makes toast. <laughs> yes, dude. It's like weather sealed. They've improved those things a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what's the deal? You can sign up for this thing and all of a sudden the price instead of 500 is 349 Do you I, I, know anything about this? Say no. what
1: now? Say that one more time.
2: Okay. If you want to know what I'm talking about, anybody, all you got to do is go Google GoPro Hero 9 right now. And I promise you it's going to fill up every feed you have with ads on GoPro. It's, it's basically says like they have some kind of subscription thing. And if you sign up for it for a year, it's free and it knocks $150 off the GoPro price. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, We we don't get deals in Canada. So I have no idea what you're talking about with that. Yeah. Well, I
2: don't know either. I assume it has to be something like, Okay, they re up your subscription and it costs X number of dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's like always a catch.
0: Yeah, they're all, yeah, they're always there's always a catch. I'm wanting,
2: I'm wanting that GoPro, so I started riding a motorcycle, and you can mount that like on your helmet, and then, um, you know, if whatever I for some reason I like to watch these videos of bad drivers. And like the the instant karma. Have you seen the instant karma? Like somebody is reckless driving in front of you a brake checks you, and then a police officer just zooms in and pulls them over. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> whenever I want, whenever I want to just waste time and just melt my brain, for some reason I like to watch these videos. Complete waste of time, just garbage.
0: And I watch I Dan Becker just- videos.
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> I love you, Dan Becker.
2: <laughs> That's a burn. <laughs> so I think that I could, maybe I can capture some of those moments with the GoPro. That's my hope. So then, okay, I'm going to show you this right now because I'm on the GoPro
1: site, man. Just since we're talking about this, you made me you made me do this. Oh, here you. Okay, are. So so I'm on the site, and they they they've got save big on Hero Black. Three forty nine. Yeah. For it, can you if zoom you in? Bundle on it with a bunch of other stuff. It's only three four. It's only three ninety nine.
2: Can you zoom in there? Yeah, yeah. With a one-year subscription to GoPro, and then there's a little. Well, super it also strip. comes
1: with a magnetic swivel strip, a spare battery, a floating hand grip, 32
2: gigabyte card, and a camera case. And all that sounds great, but what's the catch? That's what I want to know. The su- su- has to do something with the subscription. Everything's subscription based now. It's probably they do that assuming you're gonna
1: forget that you have a subscription and then when it comes up time to to re-up the next year, they're not gonna remind you and you're just gonna pay them a hundred bucks.
2: Yep. That's that's gotta be it.
1: That's that's probably what it is. That's probably I'm, what it is.
2: I'm gonna go order one right now and cancel the subscription.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm not even gonna sign up for the subscription.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Justin. I'm taking taking all your time talking about this GoPro nonsense. Yeah, let's get back to
1: important stuff like cooking squirrels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this, Justin, since we're talking about cooking squirrels and, uh, jackalopes and all this kind of stuff. Um, what are some really interesting meats that you guys eat in Canada that maybe we don't eat down here?
0: I, I, I'm not sure. I don't really know. I don't really know like what goes out. I I'll just start throwing stuff out there. Like we bison elk, um, like pheasant a lot, not a lot, but pheasant, um, Beaver Tails or another one. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not tales. Beaver Tails. Not
1: not talk beaver tails with me for a second here. <laughs> tell me about tell me about these beaver tails. So
0: they're more of a pastry actually, not not uh not chopped off tails from a beaver. Um, oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like how do you turn beaver tails into pastry? A little
0: really? like deep fried pastry. You cover with cinnamon and lemon and sugar, and yeah, it's it looks like a beaver tail kind of. Uh,
1: we got some people answering for you now. We've got Canadian bacon, which we all know is ham. And we've got Tim Hortons, which I'm not gonna lie, I like me some Tim Hortons,
2: man. That's some good coffee. We don't have a Tim, Tim Hortons down here, some places. Oh. I think yeah, in, they have like, in, Ohio. Yeah, in Ohio, yeah, in Ohio, but not in I haven't seen any in Kentucky. Yeah, I probably won't ever be in Kentucky. Uh, we've got uh, poutine now. Poutine, explain
1: yeah. poutine for the people that are wondering what that is because that's good stuff too.
0: That's uh, that's my guilty pleasure. It's uh, f- fries take French fries and then cover them with cheese curds and then lather that in gravy. And you can have like, you get, we have like gourmet poutineries here where you can go and get like 50 different kinds of poutine you get with uh, like bacon on it or like pierogies and sour cream and smoked uh, pulled pork. Yeah, it's, it's good.
1: Dude. Cause, okay. So what I, I've heard of ta- taquerias, you know, where you got the, where they make tacos. I've never heard of a, a poutinery.
0: Yeah, it's there. there's there's like three within five blocks of where I live.
1: Wow, that's (laughs) pretty cool, man. That's like wild. I've had it before and it's really good. I mean, I'm not going to be eating it anytime
2: soon because
0: what we talked about earlier. It's not the healthiest option.
2: No, but man, is it good. What was the first ingredient that you listed for the poutine? French fries. French fries and then cheese curds and then gravy.
0: Yeah, that's like the classic... Routine,
2: and your significant other is a nutritionist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is
2: ironic, man. You
0: okay, know, we, okay,
2: this has to be, yeah. Okay, I've got to put this
1: up here. People eat actual beaver tails, they're fatty and fishy.
2: That's what I thought. I thought I saw it Mine on stuff like a loan.
0: Yeah, people, yeah, people because- eat anything up here, to be honest. So, I'm not surprised. y'all live in a
2: different land no offense to all the Canadians
1: no man Canada Canada seems I've been up there I've been up there once and uh, but I was in like Toronto I wasn't anywhere near
2: where you are so um, is it it true everybody's as nice as they say
0: in a lot of places yeah Yeah, I'd say people are pretty nice like you definitely get the stereotypical like you'll someone will like run into you or you'll run into somebody and they'll say sorry to you that happens all the time or (laughs) Where you <laughs> run into someone and they apologize for you running into them, um, <laughs> I think that's the classic that I that I encounter most of the time. But that's and that's kind of standard, like as far as the politeness goes. Do you oh, all still cool have? Do
1: you, do you still have bagged milk in Canada?
0: We do not not so much where I am though. Like I'm in Alberta, and we kind of in Alberta we kind of think of ourselves as like the Texas of Canada. That's Alberta's claim to fame. Like it's a little bit more conservative, conservative, a little bit more redneck has rodeos and oil and gas and all that. Um, Still like more liberal than like New York probably. But um, here there's no bag milk. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I I remember remember there was,
1: that was the weirdest thing I ever experienced. um, When I was in, in Toronto was they give you a bag of milk And then you pour that into a pitcher and then you keep the pitcher in your fridge. And that's how they were drinking milk.
0: We had special like milk bag holders that you'd put the bag into the milk bag holder. And then you pour it from that. And you have to buy like a special milk bag slicer. And yeah, it's a whole whole operation just to get milk.
1: It just sounds like a way for the milk industry to make more money. That's what it sounds like to (laughs) me. Give them a carton folks. Just a carton is all you need. You don't have to get, You don't have to go out and buy milk bag holders and milk bag cutters. They're just trying to steal your money, Justin. That's all that is. <laughs>
2: hey, maybe maybe they're environmentally terrible. friendly. Maybe the way that they do it is more sustainable than me trying to recycle these milk jugs. It's
1: five times the plastic because you have the know. bag. You have a pitcher. You have a cutter. You got. Come on, man. Financial scheme, dude. Don't fall for it. I'm glad you're not over there anymore.
0: i mean alberta the land of the free
1: (laughs) that's right well hey man i just realized this we're an hour and eight minutes in and uh jeremiah does have to teach high school kids tomorrow
2: Uh, yeah we're we're off work today because of flooding so i actually had to get up tomorrow
1: yeah oh and look at this Uh, here we go gimmick for sure milk baggers Yes, uh-huh. all day. The milk supply is run by the Canadian government. Guys, we have uncovered a conspiracy tonight here on the live stream. It's for real, people. It's for real. We have we have totally outed the Canadian government when it comes
0: to milk. It's that Ma- milk monopoly, the milk mafia.
1: That's right. And you guys must be like Texas because you refuse the bags.
0: So you are the Texas of
2: Canada. I hope that somebody is walking along the trail right now listening to this and just laughing I just hope so laughing too. aloud too and then somebody's passing i'm like what is that person laughing at
1: <laughs> it's milk. we're just laughing about sorry. milk. sorry the the canadian government has taken over the milk producing of, of canada it's terrible uh want to throw something up on the screen real quick uh canoe hound adventure said great show fellas see you guys in a couple of weeks we're actually going to be on his live stream yeah a couple weeks so just saying that real quick, if you guys don't know who New Hound Adventures is, go find him, subscribe to him, and uh, be watching in a couple weeks because uh, we're going to be on his, which should be interesting. That'd be
2: super fun. And this was super fun, too. Before we get off oh. here, um, Justin, wait, what's it say?
1: It says, Canadian milk is so nice it doesn't cause lacrosse intolerance. <laughs>
2: lacrosse? <laughs> I think they meant
1: lactose and maybe the auto spell, like, with them a little La- bit. Lacrosse is our
0: national sport, so I don't know. Maybe that's, that's true. why.
2: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's intentional?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh man. I don't yeah. know. That's- you know, I was by the milk lobby.
2: <laughs> La- lacrosse is um fairly fairly popular here in the US, but not not super popular where I auto correct. Okay. It is auto correct. I was just watching my first game ever. Um the night before last at a hotel, I was like, I could get into this. These guys really hit each other. I and played you, football, yeah, yeah, American rules football, not that soccer stuff. No, <laughs> offense, soccer people.
1: It's it's football.
2: Oh, football. What, what, see, football.
1: oh, here's a good question. I thought curling was the national sport.
0: So I, th- oh. I think I thought lacrosse was the national sport. Hockey was. I a big one. And, uh, curling was the pastime. I, I oh. yeah.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I know in 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 America here in the U.S. it's um, baseball is America's pastime, but football is America's passion. That's that's one of the big things you hear a lot from people down here. So, well, anyways, no, man, we keep cutting you off. We need to let you tell everybody like how do they find you? How do they keep up with you? Like share all your social media, all that stuff. Tell us tell us how people can find you.
0: Yeah, the n- number one way is just just search Justin Outdoors on on uh on youtube or best camp pillow either one will get you to my channel or uh you can check me out. i'm very about the other social medias but instagram um facebook Justin outdoors as well just that's the that's the name for everything
1: that's awesome that's awesome man well thank you for being on this has been great
0: yeah it's been a blast I've, i've been i've been looking forward to this i i watch you guys all the time so it's it's been nice to to get on chat with you guys and experience it firsthand and the john and jeremiah energy and charisma it's it's been great thanks guys
1: <laughs> well i'm hoping i know last year there was a bunch of there was a bunch of us that was going to go that were going to go down to utah and we were going to go backpacking together and obviously that got blown up by corona and yeah. we were talking earlier we want to still do that but we got to get
0: canada to let you leave the, the country yep I, I might be able to fly there i think i can get to the u.s if i fly i just can't drive there uh,
1: i can't cross the border that way that yeah. makes sense
2: we we'll had to go had to go somewhere that you don't have to mandatory quarantine for 2 weeks to backpack
0: it to be <laughs> yeah. everywhere, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah
1: nobody yeah. wants to take a month for a 4 day backpacking trip
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly.
1: so well thanks a lot man thanks for being on tonight it has been awesome and we're going to have to have you back on if that's cool like if you're down with doing it again we'd love to have you back
0: any any time any time this has been great awesome.
1: awesome man well we'll check you later bro all
0: right talk to you guys right. later
1: see ya. always Always fun. I hope he's hanging out in the green room for a little bit because I, I don't want him to leave yet. I don't want to talk to him after we're done here. But uh, yeah,
2: and we got an official announcement. There's something about yeah. the show where you get some uh, secret info in there,
1: secret info, and we ruin children's lives apparently because uh, there was a child that was watching that's five years old and found out the thing about the Easter bunny. I'm not going to say it again because I don't want to compound now the issue. That was Jeremy's fault. I'll I'll blame that well, on well, the, yeah. almost. Midwest Backpacker. It's Midwest Backpacker's fault, so there you go. We're going to blame him for everything right now. That's why we had the glitch at the beginning of the, of, of the show tonight. It was because of Midwest Backpacker and everybody just, knowing that the Jackalope and the Easter Bunny, yeah, that we're blaming it all on him. We're just kidding. We love you, man. And, and It's funny we're saying this because he's family. on the bottom of the screen right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I had a blast again tonight. Do you have a good time?
2: Yes, dude. It was fun as always. And we're we got another one coming this Monday. Now, just a reminder, pretty soon, these will only be on the Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked that out yet, or if you want to watch replays, that is the best place to do it. Also, uh, as soon as
1: we get off here, just go over and subscribe now. Like, go ahead and just subscribe. Just do it. Like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, why are it's you waiting? Free. Matter of fact, why are you even listening to us right now? Go do it right now. Just we're just doing a bunch of fluff talk, anyways, right now. So get over there and and check out the backpacking podcast site. Uh all of our online audio podcasts are also there on video. Um, so check those out. Definitely check those out. Did have you have we told anybody who's coming on next week? No, but we probably should because I'm I'm excited about this one because this is most of the people that we talk to, we've we've either met before or we've talked to before. But uh, next week we got somebody who I've always wanted to kind of chat with and have never had the chance. Mm. And and that's Frozen from Outdoors. I'm really excited to get him on here next week. Um, of all the people that have done the AT, his videos from his Appalachian Trail hike are some of the most compelling ones I've ever watched. Um, and we're going to talk about that next week. Um, I will definitely say his Katahdin video when he actually climbed to the top of Katahdin is mm-hmm. by far the best Katahdin video I've seen anybody do. And it, I'm not talking about like, it's not cinema quality, that kind of thing, but just the way he told his story. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to chat with him and uh get to meet up with him next week.
2: Oh, a hundred percent agree. And um. Shall, shall we go ahead and say who the next live stream guest is after that? I'll go for it, man. Okay. So you, you may have seen this man before on the podcast. We're having him back on. It is Rue McKenrick, who is basically his life work is the American Perimeter Trail. And it's yep. exactly what you would think. Backpacking the entire perimeter of the U.S. of A. So he is dedicating literally tens of years to working on this project. So, uh, and- I I won't go into the following guest after that, but I will say uh, for those still with us, I'm a teacher and uh, we have spring break in April. So we will not have a live stream Monday, April 5th. So probably
1: both of us are going to be backpacking at some point during that. So,
2: oh, for sure. Big things coming, baby.
1: Absolutely. Well, man, it's been awesome. I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. I think. All right, do it. So, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. Adios, folks.